I'm Tom Saunders, getting through this in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Scott Blakeman. On my very first day as a Manhattan resident, once again, in my new set here for getting through this in Manhattan, I feel like I'm staying in a hotel suite in the heart of all the action I could want. Restaurants, bagel places, 24-hour drugstores that are Whole Foods that even had a few things at reasonable prices. If I wore a hat, Tommy, I would throw it in the air, a la Mary Tyler Moore. It's been more than 15 years since I lived in a bustling neighborhood that is still vibrant. Manhattan is still vibrant in these times. The friendly building staff gave me a welcome packet that helpfully explained the, the building link web system for residents and how to pay rent online. No more of those pesky envelopes. <laughs> and I, I also feel the way I do when I'm staying in a new city, you know, trying to figure out where to have lunch and just, you know, walking the streets to make it look like I live here. And then it hit me, Tommy, I do live here now. Wow, Scotty. Wow, that that's a that's a I still haven't quite it still hasn't hit me that I I live uh, here in L.A. So I'm looking forward to that moment, uh, <laughs> and I've been here for almost thirty years. Scotty, first of all, it's amazing that things are open in Manhattan. I I, I I'm thrilled just to hear that you have bagels. Can you go inside the bagel stores? Yes, you can. You've been able to go in there for uh, for quite some time. I mean, you don't linger inside, although no. now uh, there is a 25% capacity for restaurants. But, you know, most bagel places you would go in, you get it, thank you, have a good one, and you leave. So yeah. that's all the same. And uh, Whole Foods, of course. Uh, so it's all the same. And it just says everybody wears masks. And, and, and Yes, every is very great mask compliance, much, much more than the neighborhood I left uh, uh, in Brooklyn. So, uh, and I really didn't feel anything creepy or weird. Of, gee, I remember when Third Avenue was, it really felt uh, bustling. And, and uh, wait, you remember when Third Avenue was? Well, creepy? I don't know. I'm saying that uh, thinking, oh, uh, Third Avenue used to be so much better than this. Now it's a shadow of itself. Oh, I see. Of itself. Right. And uh, no, oh, I, I didn't say that. The opposite. It, yeah, I thought it would be a shadow of itself. Yeah. Uh, but you're saying it was not a shadow. It's not, New York is not a shadow of itself. That's a big headline. Well, it's. I think it's a problem that the, maybe the media, you know, has been focusing too much on these articles that are, uh, uh, you know, not really and, giving and, a description of it. I yeah, think. yeah. Uh, uh, um, uh, or, or the media is actually ignoring this story. Um, and and focusing on stuff that's happening with Trump and so on. Uh, so this story of New York is uh, that Third Avenue is not a shadow of itself. That's a huge, I'm surprised that isn't a big, enormous headline in, in at least the New York Post. Well, we, well, they probably works against their agenda and they focus on the things that are. Oh, yeah, 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 that you're right. That's yeah. the, the Post w wants to make it look, you know, like New York is a hellhole, murders up uh, um, Third Avenue, uh, yeah, uh, the street whole... of nightmares as, as yeah. opposed to street yeah. of dreams. Right. So you're right. So maybe it would be a, um, yeah, you know, maybe, uh, okay, all right. I, I get it. Their agenda is New York is terrible under de Blasio at the, at the New York Post, but maybe the Daily News would have a headline, Third Avenue, not a shadow of its former self. I mean, that to me is just, uh, that's uh, with all the bad news these days, Scotty, with the coronavirus and everything, and 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 the horrible stuff riot in the streets, this is a moment. This is yeah. I wanna I wanna enjoy this moment. 
This is a this is this is not just for you, Scotty. This is for all of us. Well, I want yes, but the people should feel this way. And I'm not saying that Manhattan is back to the way it was by any means. And yes, uh, the indoor dining has just begun, but it, it's twenty five percent, right? Yeah, and but they how do restaurants, Scotty? Now I know you're not a restaurateur. Yeah, but you have patronized restaurants, as have I. So I feel like in some ways we we're more knowledgeable than many many restaurateurs who've only patronized their own restaurant. So we, uh, I think we speak with some authority when we say restaurant business is a very competitive business and, and your chances of staying in business are very slim, actually. Uh, most restaurants go out of business. By far, most restaurants go out of business after the first year. That the, Now, you're saying uh, not only are you faced with that bleak situation, but you must now only have 25% of the customers inside your restaurant. Well, that's a part of the one phase. I mean, first of all, the outdoor dining has been a big success and they're extending it all year round. So they are going to make, as we talked about uh, yesterday, the day before, the portable heater for your tables that we invented. So that's going to happen. And, and it is going to go up to 50%, I believe, November 1st. So, uh, and some, you know, the reasoning behind it is that there is. Oh, I. I get the reasoning. Yeah. The and question it's is whether whether it's and I, I think our listeners all, all know it's social distancing. Yeah. But what what is the uh, you know, what is the likelihood that a restaurant can make money with with mandated uh, one quarter of their uh, normal customers being able to. Uh, well, it's, it's, it is difficult. Okay. And some have closed already. And like I said, it will be going up to 50 percent. And. Uh, but it will go, be going up to fifty percent. Yeah, November first. But... November first. Okay, that's pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so it's, have uh, you eaten yeah. in a restaurant? Yeah. Well, I think also you don't have to. You know, you could have a great experience and not be in a packed place. And some people might. You know, sometimes packed things aren't exactly uh, desirable. So uh, look, it's it's it, New York is certainly coming back, and there's certainly things that are different, and everybody wants it to be the way it was. But I think you look at how New York has done, and they've been prudent and. All of that. And so to me, though, by the way, coming from an area that had no restaurants except 20 minutes away, it's exhilarating. So I'm like, well, it's exhilarating hearing about it, Scotty. This is why, uh, see, the rest of us, and I mean the rest of us, uh, everybody in the world who doesn't live in Manhattan right now, our eyes are on you, Scotty. You are our eyes into Manhattan. So we listen with, I want to say wide ears. I don't know if that's an expression like wide eyed, you know, you know, wide eyed. That's an expression. But is wide ears an expression? It should because the ears could extend in that. They're like the way they do with animals. You know, well, they should extend. I don't know if they do yet. Ears. I mean, that may require some more evolution where we get to the point where our ears can actually. Yeah, because right now we have to cup our hand up to our ear if we a how's that again? You know, yeah, in yeah. future ears will, of course, extend and move and it won't be seen as creepy at all. Just normal. People no, because just... dogs, you know, their ears perk up, but they yeah. can't bring their paw to their ear really and hold it. So, no, uh, I mean, they probably could, but they've advanced. They, they do literally perk up their ears. If humans don't perk up their ears, but dogs actually do. And kitties, uh, 
to some extent. Uh, no, kitties' ears do move around. Yeah, and they can, they, they're almost like radar. They can move backwards, like they can yeah. turn around and they hone in on sounds. Our ears just don't do that. Oh no, they la- they mock us, as you know, Tommy. Your your Oliver talks. I'm sure many of the things he says ribs you and go, "Oh, you humans with your inferior hearing." I you know I pick it all up. I pick up things next door. He picks things up. And that's why they're always fascinated and interested cats because they're hearing everything. Yeah, they hear everything. And yeah. they can't believe you don't hear it either. They, they just can't believe it. You yeah. You hear that? They, uh, um, they don't say that. They go, and that yeah. means, what, you don't hear that? You, you don't hear what yeah. I'm listening to? Well, a lot of times a cat will be sitting there and you see that kind of, whoop, the head goes up, they look to the side, and you're just sitting there. Well, what's I don't hear anything. But yeah. the, the potpourri of sounds and excitement. Oh, they, they, they can hear a lizard crawling across the floor I, I i couldn't hear a lizard in, in, in to save my life if somebody said you no. better li- hear a lizard or, or i'm gonna blow your head off yeah. i'd be dead Scott. now that expression you know i couldn't do this to save my life but these aren't things that you could just do so it's like uh, i couldn't what i couldn't hit a baseball to save my life but okay someone says all right look uh you know if you want to save your life you have to do it going um i can't yeah not like i don't want to no so that's no, a, that, that's a good point, Scotty. Yeah. I, I thought about that, too. Like, like for example, if somebody said, uh, uh, like if someone said, you know, I can't tell a joke to save my life. Of course you can't. If, if you were trying to save your life, you'd never be able to tell a joke <laughs> right. It, it no. sounds so weird and scared. Well, even the finest joke teller would be hard pressed <laughs> to do it because, you know, that's a lot of pressure. It's inc- yeah. Is there any more pressure than... You better do this, or or you're, or you're dead. That's that's the highest form of pressure that there could be. Yeah. So you're not going to be relaxed and improvisational. And oh, I just came up with that. I just somehow the threat of being killed. I feel funnier. I don't know how it is. It's- no, exactly. <laughs> S- same thing. Like, uh, uh, well, I mean, there's there there actually. I, I was just thinking. I I I, I couldn't. Um, you know. I, I, how about this? I'm trying to think of another example, but I think we may have hit hit on the best example there is uh, right off the right off right out of the start. So we obligated. I want because there is the best example rule where you can stop there. It used to be you had to keep going and find <laughs> second or third ones that aren't weren't as good. It's like, well, what, what's the point? Well, you have to- yeah. Why why do we need more examples when when we've illustrated it perfectly with the gun? To- yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and why that's not the best way to do comedy. In some countries, that's in, uh, in totalitarian countries, that's how the comics would have a gun to their head and they weren't as funny. <laughs> well, that's what it said. People would say, ah, in Belarus, it's not a great comedy scene. And really, they are very witty and funny, but it's always in a totalitarian regime. You know, you're not at your best and there's a lot of no. Like the court jester for the king. If the king liked you, great. But, uh, you know, if you, you bombed your, or one uh, joke otherwise. Work, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, that's got to be pressure, Scotty. I mean, if you think about your court jester, I, I, I know we've touched on this before, but I, I don't think we've really drilled down into it. The terror, you know, because already you feel when you're going out in front of a crowd, and and there's always a moment. Even even um, the most seasoned pro, yeah, will have a moment of, of stage fright prior to going out in front of a big packed house you know, of yeah. of jaded uh, New Yorkers, right? How how much more? How, I'm trying to think of how to make this question land in, in its. Imagine that you're a joker, 
which is yeah. the comedian of the Middle Ages. Yeah. And your audience is one person and maybe two, maybe the queen shows up, um, a few courtiers, perhaps, yeah. who only laugh if the king laughs. So you have one audience who either thinks you're hilarious or off with your head. That is a lot of pressure. And, yeah. and, and I think my hat's off uh, to the, the jokers, the, the, the jesters of yore. They, they, they were the first really pioneers of comedy. And they were the ones who said, hey, maybe let's not chop off our head if, if we tell a joke that doesn't land perfectly. Right? Yeah, well, of or course maybe it's in even a little bit bad taste. Let's not immediately go chopping off their head. And, and to this day, comics owe them a, a, a debt of gratitude. Well, yeah, and it didn't happen right away. And then, uh, you know, also that- No, it didn't happen I, right away. It did well, not happen overnight. You mean the changing of the off with your head rule. Right, well also, but the one thing that does last is the expression like I'm dying up here or yes. I died, I bombed. That came literally from people who uh, would be put to death because of uh, a, a joke that didn't work. So we're so lucky. Even the worst crowds, we live. That, that, that's the best thing about it. You know, you go, ah, it was a bad crowd, but you walk away and you live another day to do another thing. <laughs> yeah, live to, to, to joke another day. Yeah. Scotty, think about that. And, and that uh, a lot of comics, they get off and they bomb. And, and, and I know I've had that experience, Scotty. And well, we all I, I feel that a, 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 a sadness in my chest and a, a sense of, well, these are all lobster feelings, actually. They're, they're, it's a certain chemical when you don't feel that you have dominated a situation, that you've won. This chemical is, is you basically feed yourself a chemical, a loser chemical, where you feel like <laughs> a loser. And that's real. That's actual biology. So, uh, Scotty, uh, think about it. That's ridiculous. And, and I think you're making a really valid point. People, if you if you bomb, if you're a comedian and you just bombed, you should skip off the stage beaming, celebrating, yeah. raising your hands in the air, victorious that your head is still on top of your body. Yeah. Well, this is, again, the, our theme, our message so often, Tommy, plus positive. I mean. Uh, you know, there's so much to appreciate just from a, a mediocre set or people, the comedians joke, I'll remember this set all the way to my car or these snarky comments. But you've lived and you will live. And that's that. And these yeah. guys didn't, you know, they, no, they, they didn't. didn't do well. That was it. That yeah. was it. And yeah, until finally some brave joker said, hey, 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 hold on. Whoa, tough crowd. Uh, but let, let's not. Uh, lose my head over it, you know, something like that. Maybe he made a joke. I don't know how he did it. Well, Who is this hero, really, that, that uh, you know, we don't know is lost to the ages. But some, at some point, some jester said, darn it, I, I don't think I should lo lose my head. That, that, was a, that was a pretty good joke. And if you think about it, you'll probably, it'll probably get a laugh. Something like that. Yeah, when you get home, you'll laugh at it. When yeah, and then home. the king kind of... But the king's already home. I mean, I, I yeah. that the jesters visit the king in the oh, of course in the castle. That's yeah. the problem. Well, with maybe that. was it one of the king's uh, wives who might have said, "Oh, king, reconsider." Or maybe just the benevolent king said, "Yes, uh, there's not enough funny men around. I will keep them now, so I can laugh more." Something yeah. like, "I mean, I shall not kill them." And I shall was, not kill well, the jester. Like yes. whoever that king is was a great benevolent king who decided. Oh. Uh, this killing of the gestures must end. Let's just, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe he just maimed them or something like that. Uh, uh, beat them uh, severely. 
but didn't kill them. So gradually, eventually, we now have comedians who can bomb all they want because, well, I mean, I want to say this is America, but I I really feel like this is our, uh, uh, we have really progressed. We've come a long way. Now, I don't think people have really acknowledged that fact. Well, and also it's not a part of history that's even ever discussed. And that's what we do in the show. We bring up things that don't get a lot of attention. And it's, it's easy to talk about what happened yesterday or today. But the, the, who was that king? Because it was a practice. This is real. This right. was a practice. Who was the king? End, so there must have been a king. Who and what is it? The queen. Been... The queen. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it could have been the queen who said, oh, I think he's funny. Oh, come on. Let him live. And that yeah. started a whole tradition yeah. of letting the jester live. Who was that jester? The first one who mm-hmm. uh, helped pioneer that. So I think this is an area that, uh, you know. Uh, well, it's speculative burned. history, Scotty. Yeah. All, and, the greatest all, all we need to do at. is have it written up and, you know, uh, yeah. uh, uh, somebody, hopefully someone will write all of this down and submit it to, a, you know, a, 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 I guess, I guess. Well, what do you do with history? I mean, do you do you submit it to historical um, publications, or how do you know uh, that you've made history? You know that you that you're a historian. You write yeah. a book. I got, write a book, documentary. You just put it out there, and you, anybody could be a historian because, and you can pick an area, and then that that's and you'll always uncover things. So uh, I think that's a wonderful thing to do. And yeah, and you're right. I'm starting up my own history here. Now well, this speculative history, I think, is is a new branch of history that we've begun here on this show, or on this podcast. Yeah, the idea that we that historians, uh, rather than uh, you know do all the sweaty work of of looking at old documents and old pieces of parchment and and digging up bones and from the ground, I think we we we've uh, we are a, a different breed of historian. We just sit in our offices or homes or apartments, never leaving, and just figure out what the past must have been like. And yeah, and we're probably pretty close. I mean, and yeah, you know, probably pretty close. And find out exactly. Even then, how do you? You don't know exactly. No, you weren't there. So we're basically speculative history is virtually on a par with the traditional history, except yeah. that we guess a little more, but well, well, it's entirely guesswork. And, and, yeah. and, and, but we can uh, go where actual history cannot go. Um, uh, uh, things that have been lost to history, we find them using the powers of our minds. And for our listeners, I want them to know that all these words that are coming out now, and as I said, the brand new set, that we have for getting through this in my apartment. And normally I would be in my bedroom in Brooklyn. Wow. Uh, and, and there was my computer desk right near my bed. And that I just sat at the computer desk. Now I have the computer desk, but I also have a couch not far away. And I almost feel like I'm the host and the guest at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I've got a New York Times sitting here on the wow. table, almost like a prop and, and a television. I feel like it's almost like a studio. And I, so you turn well, your apartment in studio something like king of comedy uh uh de niro's character and the great martin scorsese comedy about the the guy who sort of built his own tonight show yeah well i love that. His, uh, but I, that but he was living with his mom yeah yeah i i haven't quite gotten that far i also have 12 boxes to my right which i, I could keep that actually would be a good zoom background you know yeah. <laughs> boxes instead you of never robert, see that. yeah instead of robert carroll books you know, robert fireplaces Moses. works of art 
Yeah. Never just unopened boxes. Yeah, and then people go, oh, did you just move going? Well, that was several months ago, but I just <laughs> like the backdrop, and it's kind of industrial looking, and uh, yeah, not even acknowledging. Actually, it does. It really looks like a great set, and uh, maybe I should take a picture of it and make it a Zoom. Yeah, you should. And fragile also, some of the uh, china and glassware, and that was some nerve. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, even writing, yeah. it almost seems, you know, kind of a, a you know, like, People actually do that. There's no other word. You go fragile. There's no other yeah. word you could write on a box to indicate what you're trying to say. Like, uh, please don't kind of don't drop these guys because this one really, yeah. you know, it's fragile. It's you know, whenever you write a note on a box that begins with kind of, yeah, you're, you're really running the risk that people won't really take it seriously all the time. Do you know what I mean? Right. So yeah. if you're writing a, because a, a, this is a good point, Scotty. If you're if you if you're moving and this is actually you're kind of an expert on moving now. Yeah. If you're moving and you want to move bottles, uh, glasses, um, you know, fine china, anything that's breakable, write on your box fragile. Don't try to reinvent the wheel and just go, oh, I, I'm sick of that word or everybody uses <laughs> says fragile. I'm going to say something different. Yeah. And then and then you wind up writing something that's lot, very verbose. Number one, because yeah. you're right. Fragile says it all. Yeah. But and then you start out with something like kind of be a little take a little bit of care doing this, you know, don't drop it. All those little sort of modifiers like kind of and, you know, they tend to lessen the, the severity of the warning. Yeah. Well, they're rushing your box and they don't have the time. They're rushing. They have another job to People go to. So the time. fragile. Just, they don't have the time. Yeah. Fragile says it all and red lettering if you can. So it really is a word that cannot be improved upon for this situation. I, I applaud <laughs> fragile. And I would yeah. say that's the word. Yeah. I, no, imagine if we didn't have that word. That's another plus yeah. positive. There, and we'd have to say, hey, kind of take it easy with this box. Don't uh, drop it. OK. And you'd have to really couch it in very polite language because people get annoyed with you if you if you if a box is ordering you around like they don't like controly boxes. I don't either. No. Well, so, also, but fragile. Yeah, that says it all. Well, also, you know, when you're on a box and that magic marker, those Sharpies, is for, you would have to write in an eight-point font. All the, Basically, you'd say, while, of course, I hope that none of these boxes are dropped, this one in particular <laughs> would pose some <laughs> consequences if they were to hit the ground or they have glassware <laughs> that would shatter into many pieces. That is not to say that you should cavalierly toss around the clothing box since that can also <laughs> unduly wrinkle said clothing and put them in disarray. And, you know, again, some oh my God. movers now in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, the hipsters, they read it and they go, thanks, man. I liked how you put that. But most, <laughs> I'm not even putting it down. Most of them, like, you know, they're on the move. They got to do it. And they, I don't have time to read this now. It may be no, no while, they don't. But, you don't have time to read it. And, it. and it's always, and it sounds sort of wishy-washy and maybe yeah. you don't. And of course we don't want you to drop other boxes. I mean, it's not, not, I mean, it just sounds too detailed. I'm not saying it's wishy-washy. It's not, it's, it's, you know, you're, there, there's, there's some real direction in that paragraph yeah. of, of words, but, but you're right, Scotty, fragile is, is, you know, you look at it, boom, you got it. Well, and also, Tommy, it's a great point. Sometimes that the word that's correct is the word everyone uses. Now, especially after comedy shows or after people would, would see you after a show you wrote or in, whatever it was, just come up and say, that was great. I don't care how unoriginal it is or how many people say it. That's what you want to hear. Once you start getting into, I'm going to show that I'm a clever person, then it never is better. 
the best thing is say, I really loved it. That was great. And that's fine. I know it's, you know, not. Well, give me an example of what people should uh, avoid uh, well, when uh, approaching a comic. Oh, yeah. No, the classic one is this, where they think you're helping. Like, oh, yeah, I love you. The other, the rest of the audience, they could, it was right over their heads. They didn't get it, but I loved it. I thought it was great. The guy next to me sat there like this the whole time, never cracked his well. But I thought it was incredible. It's like, why does that feel even better? You know, it's all about you. You know, it's- Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that would be, don't, don't go. So this is interesting. We're packing a lot into this uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, Because now we're talking about, um, many of our podcast listeners know that you are an experienced professional comic. Uh, uh, of many years standing. So you can not only give mo- uh, advice about moving and just write <laughs> fragile on boxes, but you can also tell us about how to uh, approach a comic and give them the compliment that they deserve with, uh, uh, in a way that is effective and not off-putting. Be- uh, uh, so this is interesting, Scotty. That uh, So j- in other words, uh, the idea being uh, uh, you, you were taking the idea of fragile is the perfect word. Don't try to improve it. Yeah. Don't try to change it. Don't try to be more verbose. Just say fragile on the side of your box. Makes sense. And you and, and, and this got you to thinking about how people go up to you. And instead of saying that was a great show, you are so funny. <laughs> I, I want to see only you from now on. <laughs> I mean, that would be a normal Thing to well, say, it would be right? nice to say, and again, I understand. I've done that. I've gone up to people. You want to say some witty thing that it just. But you're saying, yeah. So, so when people say that, that a kind of a qualified uh, compliment, like I thought you were funny. I don't want nobody else got it. The goon who was sitting next to me didn't crack a smile. Yeah. But what did he? What what did he think? He was here to see Seinfeld or something? Yeah. Well, I I laughed. That you, that laugh you heard, that was me. Okay, so that's not a good. You're saying it's that not that's an, not a good. Well, it's not an uh, improvement. I mean, again, it's not an improvement. Yeah, people, because I think people, uh, yeah, like I said, sometimes it's just the old. In just certain situations, it's thank you. For, you know, you want to be come up with something new, but the old is the uh, the best. And the more you say, the more areas. Even in a play, you just go, that was great. You don't say, yeah. I mean, you really were great, especially because of the labored writing and sort of your part really didn't give you a lot of room to expand. But you really did a lot with it. So that, that's yeah. uh, so just make it simple. But I think again, or you look like you were having a lot of well, fun up there. Well, that's that's a backhanded. Well, now of course that's a whole other thing, Tommy. You're right. When you have to see when you see friends and things or something, and I always believe that, and we both agree. We talked about this a while back. Honesty is not always the best. Policy. No. And so when I you go backstage and yes, exactly. That's the best way of saying it. Yeah, you look like you're having a good time up there. And that's truthful in a way. And that's as far as you go. Uh, well, some people say, yeah, some people say that. Yeah. And, and that is the that's the almost the perfect backhanded compliment. It, it, uh, uh, you, you're not saying that you had fun <laughs> watching the person, but you're 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 acknowledging that that the performers seem to be having fun and, and that's worth something. So, uh, Scotty, this is a, a fascinating uh, dive into the, the mind <laughs> uh, uh, of a human comic. Well, this should really uh, be for credit. By the way, do you, 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 I noticed yeah. you just say comic, you don't say human I, comic or it's not, you're not a hyphenated comic. You're just a comic. I, right? uh, yeah. I don't say human. Com- I mean, you know, I learned not to say there are other species, but I would say, Tommy, the nature the the breadth of topics we've covered in 27 minutes, I hope this would be course credit in most universities. <laughs> <laughs> if it should be, because 
yeah, you know. from many courses, many well, different and one, courses. I know we combined well, it. That's, you could have a whole major oh, yeah. just with this podcast. Yeah. This we don't limit ourselves episode. to one topic. Like professors, no. think about it. They do one topic and just labor the same points over. We <laughs> touch on many in, in, in much less time. And yet, yeah, it, it, technically, we're not professors, I guess. I mean, no, no, no. We're something else. We're something new, uh, something beyond professors. It's sort of like professors are sort of... Um, Think of, uh, okay, think of a, uh, a, 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 an old style um, cabbie, right? Yeah. The guy, uh, what's the word? A guy who used to uh, operate those uh, um, horse-drawn carriages. What are the, what's that guy called? All right, that's a professor, okay? Yeah. We're jet pilots. Yeah. Okay, does that, does that, does that make sense to you? Yeah, well, uh, I, we are beyond professors. <laughs> they just don't have a word for us, Scotty. That's the problem. That's the only thing that that's hanging us up and keeping us from uh, starting our own universities. We, they don't have a word for what we're doing because we're covering so many topics uh, in in one podcast. Well, I would say podcaster. I'm happy. Yeah, with that. well, I think that's the ultimate podcaster, podcaster. Yeah, and that says it all. And some podcasters keep to keep to a very limited thing but we don't to us we never no, people say how do you come up with every day how do you come up there's everything there's no we talk about everything forever for that whatever happened ever and whatever we think might have happened so how do you run out yeah no you don't run out yeah. as long as you have a, a speculative history on your side yeah. there's no end to the to the topics that are frankly gripping highly relevant and extremely life affirming. Uh, uh, I, I, I just want to uh, just, I, I know I had one more point to make, Scotty. Um, I may have to wait until the next show to make it. Uh, but uh, I, I, it's funny, you never run out of things to say on this podcast. And I, so, if anything, I sometimes find myself, I don't know if this happens to you while we're talking, thinking of three or four things at the same time. Oh, exactly. And then you want to remember the, the one thing from that thing. And, and, oh, there's so many things. And that's what a great, well, that's what we, a great It's called a, a thought today. jam. It's like a, it's like a traffic jam, but, but it's a thought jam. Yeah. And that's something new. I don't think anybody's ever talked about the problems of thought jam. No, and you don't honk at all and you don't get. There's no honking. You don't get irritated no either. Honking. It's the opposite. It's an exhilarating feeling. It's like, wow. <laughs> I have like three different things I could talk about now. When you're in a traffic jam, it's like, ong, ong. oh, I can't believe it. And you hit the horn. We don't hit the phone angrily. No, no. you know, no, we don't. But but there are, but there's so many thoughts. I was I mean, I did think something about the restaurant and the, and, and the whole idea of of being uh, of being back in restaurants. Oh, uh, oh, I know what it is. Uh, uh, this goes back to what, what we were saying almost seven minutes ago yeah. it, it seems like a lifetime actually yeah. it seems like last year seven minutes ago on this podcast there's so much information yeah. in such a short period of time that it it, it tends to m make your sense it screws with your sense of time so it really does seem like last week that we were talking about restaurants yeah i know it really 25 percent yeah uh capacity um but i was thinking and and we were also talking about just saying short things like so when it when a uh, waiter says how 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 is your food tasting like i, I always think that's an odd that's, and very specific question yeah, it's, an, but it's very typical of waiters uh back when they had you know restaurants and uh 
and he would say, oh, it's good. Like, but some people will be saying, well, it's tasting rather like something I ate many years ago. It, but I was, I had just woken up and, you know, you, you know, you go into a big, long explanation of how, <laughs> of, of trying to compare your, what, you know, trying to define taste. It, it, it doesn't, you know, it, it's, it takes a huge amount of time. The waiter has other tables to wait yeah. on. They can't be expected to no, learn no, every good. single thing about your, your, your experience. So Scotty, I, I did want to, I didn't want to leave without saying that. No, I'm glad I, you I, did. And that's all a relatively new thing. The last few years, it used to be the way you say, how's everything, how's everything here? Fine. Thank you. And then you move along. But then they always do that. How's everything tasting? And it's fine. And I always smile. And, but again, hopefully someone's not going to go into a very long uh, answer because you're eating and you don't have to look up and listen and the waiter needs to get to other tables. So Tommy, I think the amount of wisdom we've imparted in this episode, and I, we don't say this to boast or to, you know, pound our chest. I don't pound my chest because it's pain. No, I, I don't even think it's good to pound your chest. It never was pound. good. And somehow that's, I mean, Johnny Weissmuller, well, Tarzan, but even he yeah, expressed but, some but dissatisfaction. If, if, how did that, I mean, over the years, that takes its toll. Oh, yeah. On a chest. Yeah. Well, chest is not meant to be pounded. So, no, um, you're battering the chest, yeah. and eventually yeah. it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to have, I don't know, dents in it or something. I'm not a doctor. I just, <laughs> well, I, I don't, I, I don't want people to think that, that we would ever pound our chest. And I think you're right to bring that up, Scotty. We, we do this in great humility. We know we're inventing a new world. We know that we're coming up with new ideas on a, a practically an idea yes and new inventions and, and ways of looking at life and we just we're just putting it out there to the world like a, a carrier pigeon uh go yeah. go go tell well, that's a that's a good thing yeah. what's more humble than a carrier pigeon? Yeah. sending that's message. how we look at ourselves yeah i mean i don't usually handle birds but, but no. you know virtually we're, we're doing that and uh uh we view bird birds from afar oh yeah i like birds and they're very pretty yeah. but i don't cradle them or you know no, 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 no. Touch them. They'll peck you. And rightfully so. Theory. I would, you know. Rightfully so. Because we always go, oh, can you believe that bird? It pecked me when I grabbed it. <laughs> well, we would, well, you know, so most animals. Nobody would be on your side. Yeah, I mean, you would say, yeah, the bird's face. Birds. I yeah. wouldn't say that. They would be, oh, oh, why were you grabbing a bird? Yeah. You know, you don't you don't need to grab birds. Of course, he's going to. Yeah, you're right. Rightfully so. The bird will peck. Scotty, there's no end to this conversation. No, that's my that's the problem. Well, I, and I uh, well, the, the, the best solution is to do the show every day. Wait a minute. We do. So Tommy, <laughs> on this very first day of the show for me in Manhattan, sure. looking at the skyline, looking south uh, of Manhattan, uh, I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman. I'm still Tom Saunders. We're still getting through this.